Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And in today's Word for the Day, we're going to wrap up our series on the second coming. And we're going to talk about what do we do now? What do we do in this life between our birth, our death, and the second coming? Or between our life here and the second coming? So here's what I'd say. This life is about getting ready for that life. Life in this world is about getting ready for life in that world. And I mentioned this in the first part, but I want to say it again. How do we get ready for the kingdom? How do we get ready to be people who live in the kingdom forever in the new heaven and new earth in that place where heaven and earth come together? Jesus is king. He reigns. He rules. How do we get in that place forever? And so step one is we must be Christians. And we become a Christian Um, Not simply because we believe the facts about the creed or the facts about the Bible. I know most of you know this already, but just in case anyone's listening, I just want to make sure they can hear this. But we do that by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And that has a two-step process. We turn away from letting sin be the boss of our life and us being the boss of our life. And we come to Jesus, understanding that we are sinners. Because we're sinners, we need forgiveness from God. And we deserve his justice. We we deserve um, to be separated from him because of our own sin. But Jesus died on the cross and rose again and took away our sin because God loves us so much. And he offers us through that forgiveness. And so we come to a place where we humbly say, I know I need to be forgiven. And for, you know, it's a hard thing. And we admit that and we receive God's forgiveness through Christ. This is an overarching forgiveness. This is for all our sin, past, present, and future, and it reconciles us to God. And then the second step of that that faith, faith step is that we submit to Jesus as Lord of our lives. He is the king, and we make him king of our lives. So we receive his forgiveness, and we give our lives to him. And what happens is the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, And we have a new life. We begin to have new life in Jesus Christ. Our lives aren't radically in every little aspect change. Lots of people do have a conversion experience and they experience a lot of change. Some people, it's a slow growth towards that that place of, of conviction, of receiving forgiveness and submitting to Jesus. But we do have new life and we can begin over time by God's grace and help to live a different kind of life. And that's the fruit and the manifestation that our faith is real. But... There's that first core decision, whether that happens, like you hear about all of this, understand in a moment, or if it's something you grew up with, at some point we get to a place where that's clear to us and we've made that decision. Jesus, you are my forgiver. Jesus, you are my leader. I want you to be in my life. Give me new life. Give me eternal life. I receive it as a free gift. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but... The free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So I've made the decision to receive eternal life through Jesus. That's the first step. i got to have that settled if I want to be in eternity with God. Second step is I live my life as a disciple of Jesus. And what I do is I'm working out my salvation. I'm growing in my own character to become like Jesus. Then I'm serving his kingdom and blessing and doing good to others, living as a kingdom of God person. And we all do that at different levels. We all, some of us excel at it, some of us struggle with it, but it's the life we're, we're seeking to live as followers of Jesus. When Jesus gave his parable of the seed and the sower, where he talked about the word of God 
um, bringing people to the kingdom. He said, those who really receive the kingdom of God, they bear fruit. That makes sense. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So you may have little fruit. You may have lot fruit. You may have medium fruit, whatever. You have a new life in Jesus. And so as disciples are called to live our lives now to get ready for that day. So all the things we do to love God and love our neighbor affects eternity. God is paying attention. God is looking at that. And he's not so much looking at like, I hope you're a good little boy and good little girl and you're not naughty so I can let you the kingdom. It's not that. It's he's preparing us to be people who can live with him forever and serve him forever. Because when we step into the eternal kingdom, we're going to have lots of power. And, you know, power without character is a dangerous and often an evil thing. So God wants to make us the kind of people that he can entrust with his great life and power and entrust with his authority to rule with Jesus over all creation forever. So he's preparing us for that, and he is paying attention to how we live now. There's a great promise in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. St. Paul writes, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So, you know, be steadfast, hang in there, don't be moved from serving Jesus, and seek to abound in your serving of Jesus, your following of Jesus, your being a faithful disciple. Then he says this, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I heard a preacher talk about this once, and he, he imagines St. Paul writing this, and, and then later facing his own execution. As far as you know, St. Paul was beheaded for his faith on a road outside of Rome called the Appian Way. And, 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 you know, he could have looked at his life and said, man, Rome is dominated by the emperor. The empire is evil. There's a few little Christians here and there. You know, I've told people about this great kingdom coming. God, what, what does it all matter? And then his life ends. And dies wondering the fruit of his labor. The amazing thing, if you go to Rome now, there's the Vatican, which is the largest church in all Christendom. And it's the center of global Christianity, even for Protestants and Orthodox. It's still a center for us. And then the city is full of churches. And the roads and all the different places are named after saints. But one of the most powerful things is, and maybe you know this, the Colosseum, which was a place of martyrdom for Christians, is now consecrated holy ground by the Catholic Church. If you go and see that place, you know what hangs above the Colosseum? The cross of Jesus Christ. So is Rome perfect now, or is it full of people who don't acknowledge Jesus? Of course. I'm not saying it's the fullness of the kingdom. But St. Paul probably could not have imagined the degree to which Christianity has utterly infiltrated that city. Well, that's just sort of an illustration of how we just don't know how the labor we do now is going to be seen by God, understand by him. But but when Paul writes this text, he's not really even thinking about what I described. He's trying to get the feeling of, of what it means to, to entrust our, our small lives to the greatness of God. What he's saying is that in eternity, God will notice. In eternity, it will count. 
in eternity will shape how we live in eternity and all of that's good will go with us. So be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Be ready for Jesus to come back. Be ready for Jesus to come back. Make sure you've settled that Jesus is your forgiver and your leader, and you've submitted your life to him and received eternal life from him, and then live faithfully as a disciple. That's kind of the two parts of how we're called to live now to get ready for then. God bless and have a great day.